0: Amen. Now turn with me this morning to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 14. Let's hear the word of God. It's great to know that God's word is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. We have been studying for many, many weeks in the past. Colossians chapter 1, I think we had some 21 sermons just in Colossians 1 alone, and for now, right through to probably about the second or third week in January, I'm going to leave off the study there, and we'll just preach as the Lord gives us leading. So this morning, I've latched upon Judges chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through to 11. Let's hear the word of God. The words will come up on the screen for those online. Do follow with us, please. Judges chapter 14. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother, and said, I've seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me. For she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then when Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnah, and came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. He had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman and Samson made there a feast. For so used the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him. That they brought 30 companions to be with him. Amen. We're going to end the reading there at verse 11. And we pray the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing. This reading of his own precious and infallible word. Now my text this morning is found in Judges chapter 14 verses 8 and 9. It reads, and after a time he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof off in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and he gave them. And they did eat, but he told not them that he'd taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now I've entitled this sermon today, Life Lessons from Honey. Out of the hunter. According to Judges chapter 14 verse 1, Samson went down to Timnath. Now Timnath was a small town in the land of the Philistines close to the northern border of Judah. And there he saw a woman. And young people, for Samson, it was love at first sight. He had no conversation with her, never uttered a word, just visual contact, and Samson was in love. You can see the stars and the love hearts in his eyes. He went home and he told his parents, I want that woman to be my wife. He used the expression, go get her for me, to wife. Samson's parents were rightly concerned, Remember, Samson's not just a normal Israelite Even if he'd been a normal Israelite It was right for them to be concerned This was a Philistine woman But Samson was not a normal individual Remember, he's a Nazarite From his birth In fact, even before he was conceived And born into the world He's a Nazarite And Mr. and Mrs. Manoah expressed their concern The father, you could hear him saying Surely, son, there's a young woman From among our own twelve tribes Uh, That you could find uh, the best of the tribe Judah The least of the tribe Dan Among them you could find an acceptable woman to be your wife But despite the father and mother protesting Why seek a wife among the uncircumcised Philistines Samson was having none of it He declared his intent He gave his parents their marching orders Get her for me to wife And he added this For she pleaseth me well In verse 3 And literally, young people, what that means is, she is right in mine eyes. Now, that's very significant. Samson, remember, is a man of his times. You see, I'm going to present Samson as an Old Testament backslider And his life is reflective, I believe, of the spiritual condition of the land of Israel. If we think of the whole book of Judges, what's the picture? And the picture is summarized for us, Judges 17 and 6, Judges 21 and 25. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Look at chapter 14, verse 5. It says, Then went Samson down and his father and mother to Timnah, and came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion roared against him. I want you to remember that the Lord here is sovereign. The Lord is at work providentially. The Lord has his own master plan and working to his own eternal purpose even in Samson's backslidden state with all his carnal desires for this uncircumcised Philistine woman. Let's think of this family trip to Timnath. It's arranged. It appears for a time that Samson and the father and mother are separated by distance and time. And as he approaches the vineyards of Timnah, a young lion rushes towards Samson. He's determined to kill Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, and Samson, he rends the lion in pieces, tearing it limb from limb, just like a a little kid goat. And then he returns and joins his father and mother. Now, the strange thing is, young people, listen to me. Samson's a grown man. We don't know what age he is, but we'll say he's in his 20s and 30s. Samson doesn't tell them about the roaring lion. The young lion's never mentioned He is silent. You see, a dead lion was a defiled lion. And that meant Samson was defiled. They then proceeded to Timnath. And there Samson got talking to the woman. He had seen her. Visual contact fell in love. And now he's talking to her face to face. And again, the Bible tells us that she pleased him well. Verse 7. Now, if you look at verse 8, look with me at verse 8. This is our text. And after a time, he returned to take her. Now, we're going to pause there. He returned to take her. And it's widely believed, listen to me carefully, that almost a year had passed. And on this return trip, Samson turned aside to see the carcass of the lion what had happened to it, and behold, a swarm of bees were living inside the carcass, and they had formed a lovely honeycomb, so there's honey in the carcass of the lion, now what did Samson do? Well, if it was me, what would you do? I'd be running away in the other direction, a swarm of bees, I wouldn't be putting my hands into anything, Uh, not even into the honeycomb itself, but that's what Samson did, Samson scooped up handfuls of honey in through the swarm of bees and he started to eat it and then he proceeded back to his parents and he gave them to eat but again he didn't tell them where he got the honey he didn't tell them that they were eating something unclean you see What started off this sermon was the word honey. I was thinking about honey in the Bible. And of course, I take manuka honey every day to help me to keep healthy and strong. And I encourage you to do the same. But there's 61 references to the word honey in the Bible. And there's three in the book of Judges. And they're all in chapter 14, verses 8 and 9, and verse 18. And I was thinking about honey out of the hunter. And I was saying, Lord, what's the life lesson here? What, What can I learn from this portion of Scripture? What can I learn? I can apply them in my life. And of course that's the way we get sermon material. And as I waited before the Lord. There was two or three things came to mind. And here's the first thing. The depiction of Samson. It says and after a time he returned to take her. Now remember this is Samson's third visit Timnath. I want you to think of Samson, where he is. He's in the vineyard of Timnath. Lovely sight, I'm sure. Great smell. But remember, he's a Nazarite. Not just a, a, a normal Israelite, he's a Nazarite from conception. And he should never have been there. Because as a Nazarite, he was to be separate Unto the Lord. But here's his problem, young people. He wasn't. He wasn't living a life of separation unto the Lord. He had set his heart in this woman. He saw her, eye gate. And then he went and talked to her, mouth gate. And then it says in verse um, 8, and he returned, and after a time he returned to take her. Now you see, he had set his heart on an uncircumcised woman that he should never have set his heart on. And he was fully determined to do it. And even on the first occasion, when he returned on the second trip, he encounters the lion. The lion's out to kill him. And remember, he's Shouldn't have been in the the vineyard of Timnath. He's out of the will of God. And he should have expected. I'm out of the will of God. I'm going to expect danger and trouble. I'm leaving a godly path. I'm leaving a life of righteousness. And there's going to be consequences. I, I better get out of this place quickly. You see Samson sadly sought pleasure. In the wrong things. And how subtle the devil is. The enemy of our souls. The devil can offer something sweet. And yet that sweet thing, as we're going to see, sting like a bee in the very end. he Samson is a young man. Sadly, his heart is cold and indifferent to God and the things of God. Samuel has let his spiritual guard down. I want you to see Samson as cold. A cold and backslidden individual. Here's the depiction of him. Not separate unto the Lord. Not fulfilling his Nazareth vow. Not living a life of separation unto the Lord. You see, some people have preached in this. And they see a gospel message here. That they see Samson like Christ. One who slays the lion. Remember the devil's like a roaring lion in the Bible. And out of the victory over the devil. Sweet blessings are given to every sinner. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The Holy Spirit can use any verse of the Bible to present Christ and preach the gospel. But I feel there's a better way of interpreting this text and a better way of seeing Samson, not as a depiction of Christ, but as a depiction of a backslider, not fulfilling a life of separation and holiness unto the Lord. You see, Samson, as we're going to see, was breaking his Nazarite vow. And overall, that vow was a vow of separation unto the Lord. And as a Nazarite, he was to have no association with the vine. He wasn't to drink wine or strong drink. He was to be a teetotaler all his days. He was of nothing to do with touching anything that was dead. Because anything that was dead in the eyes of God was was unclean. He was to have nothing to do with this uncircumcised woman of the Philistines. Samson should not be in contact with this woman. When he saw her, he should have turned away. You see, Samson should not be in contact with anything that rendered him unclean and breaking his Nazarite vow. And there's a law governing the child of God that Samuel forgot about. And that was a life of separation and holiness unto the Lord. And that's the depiction of Samson. He returned. Think of a backslider going down to Timnath, being in a place where he shouldn't have been. Notice, third or secondly, not only the depiction of Samson, but think about the determination of Samson. This is his third visit, the Timnath, it says, "And after a time he returned to take her. Now I want you to notice the time in here. You see, a period of time had passed, the first visit, the second visit, as I'm telling you, this is now the third visit. And the words, and after a time, he returned means a period of time had passed between the first and the second and the third visit. And the Holy Spirit inspired these words. They're not just there to fill in the verse. They're not just there to kickstart the narrative. No, I believe there's a timing in view. Literally in the Hebrew, it's day after days. It's a reference, the commentators believe, to almost a year. That was the usual period of a time for a betrothal. He saw the woman. He then talked to her. Let's get engaged. We want to get married. And a year had to last from the time of betrothal. It was a time of preparation for the bride to get herself ready. So think of this here. It's a year since he has last been in the vineyard of Timnah. For he encountered the lion. Remember that life-threatening situation. And he'd not seen the woman for all of that time. Up to a year. One year has elapsed. But here's the point. Even though one year has elapsed, he's still in a cold, backslidden state. For one year he's been unclean. For one year he's not been restored. For one year he's not renewed his Nazarite vow. For one year he's not repented and got right with the Lord. One year still on the road of coldness and disobedience and backsliding and not walking with the Lord. One year when he's not in full communion and fellowship with the Lord. You see, he can't be in communion and fellowship with the Lord. Why? Because he's broken his vow of separation. He's unclean and he's not repented, and he's living contrary to the word of God, and for one year, there's been absolutely no change. It's been going on for a long time. He'd not learned a lesson. He should never have been in the vineyard of Tyndall in the first place. He should not have desired to join himself to this woman. It was not right. It was not in fulfillment of his separation vow. He didn't even, when he was rendered unclean, go through the rite of purification so that he could be made clean before the Lord. So here's, there's a timing here. It's important. For one year, he's not right. And now what does he do? He returns the third time to take the woman in marriage. But what I want you to see is, Samson is not walking with the Lord. And this has been going on a long time. Now let me ask this morning, is this a picture of you? Maybe you're here and for a whole year you haven't been right with the Lord. You've been in a cold backstage. You've been living a life of disobedience. How has the year felt, young man, young woman? With a marked absence of the presence of God. R- remember, of course, whenever the Lord Jesus was twelve years of age, and they went on that uh, trip to Jerusalem, and they supposed him to be in the company when they were leaving, and they, they journeyed a day, supposing he was in the company, and he wasn't there, and and. Later, Mary and the stepfather Joseph, they testified that they had sought him with sorrow in their heart. Can you imagine losing a child in Jerusalem? They were frantic. They were tormented. They were out of their minds. That was how they felt. And he he was only absent from them for three whole days. How much more a year would feel. Remember the two on the road to Emmaus? A seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. The two that were sad became glad because a stranger came and walked with them. The stranger was the Lord Himself. They testified, "Did not our heart burn within us while well, He talked with us by the way?" And they testified to Him. Three days ago, a strange thing happened in Jerusalem. A crucifixion took place. For three days they were sad, but now they're glad because they have had fellowship with the Lord. They have saw the Lord. See, here's my point this morning. A year is a long time. Out of fellowship, in a backslidden state, not walking with the Lord. So again, I ask, is that a picture of you this morning? You profess to be saved. The Bible tells us the Lord knows them that are His, but it adds, let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Have you a love for sin? Are you living for sin? And therefore you're not as a consequence enjoying the Lord. You're not in full fellowship and communion with him. And in your spiritual experience you're cold. And when it comes to a life of prayer and a life of reading the scriptures. And and even when it comes down to Sabbath day attendance you're, you're absent. Can you imagine this whole year? Growing colder for Samson. Getting harder. Being bolder. In in breaking the law of God Doing his own thing Which is right in his own eyes So again I ask Is that a picture of you? Notice not only a timing here But there's a transgression here It, it, It says And after a time he returned to take her And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion And behold there was a swarm of bees and honey In the carcass of the lion You see Where was he? He's in Timnath a border town in the land of the Philistines, in the vineyard where he killed the lion. There's a transgression here. He returns to the very place in pursuit of that which is bidden, and all the while he's transgressing the law of God. Turn over there to Numbers Numbers chapter 6 look with me at a few verses numbers chapter six it says in Numbers six in verse one and the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the children of israel and say unto them when either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a nazarite to separate themselves unto the lord verse three he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes or eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree, from the kernels even to the husk. Verse five, all the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled. In the which he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall be holy and shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow. All the days that he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. Verse seven, he shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die because the consecration of his God is upon his head. Can you get the picture? Can you see that there? Samson's happy to go down, happy to go near the vineyard of Timnah, happy to go near the dead lion, happy to reach in and get handfuls of honey. And all the while he's sinning against the law of God. He's sinning against his vow. And he's not bothered. He's not concerned. He's not troubled. And how many who profess the name of the Lord are not bothered about their sin. Whether it's open sin. Or secret sins. Or presumptuous sins. Or besetting sins. Here's the question. Are we troubled about sin? Or are we trifling with sin? Notice there's a temptation here, not only a transgression. You see, to me, Samson should have remembered the place. Timnath in the land of the Philistines. Avoid it. Don't go near it. Don't go back. Because I remember the day I went there in foolishness and there's a lion there. And the lion attacked me. And by the grace of God, I was delivered. But surely to go back to that place, is he not playing with fire? Is he not putting himself in the place of danger? Is he not playing the fool? Remember what Solomon says in uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 26 and verse 11. Listen to these words. He made this statement. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Can we not apply that to our own lives? Would a saved man who loves the Lord Jesus Christ and is a testimony to his saving and keeping power, who has delivered him, say, from his chief sin of gambling, would it be wise for him to go back to the gambling den? A man who was a drunkard and an alcoholic who's been wonderfully changed and transformed, would it be wise for him to go back to the drinking den, to the drinking club? Would it be wise for a woman who's been saved from a life of ill repute to go back to the house of ill repute? You see, lifestyle choices, young people, have consequences. And Samuel hadn't learned, or Samson hadn't learned. He's in the forbidden place. And once again, he's in the place of temptation, danger, and disobedience, and he hasn't learned. The Spirit of God got him out of it before, but now he's gone back. He's forgot the danger. He's forgot the deliverance. Does the Bible not tell us there in the book of Isaiah? In Isaiah chapter 51, Isaiah the prophet makes this tremendous statement. He says this, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. You see, this lion was an unclean animal. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 26 and 27 gives us that information. The lion was unclean in the sight of God. And the moment he touched it, even to kill it, he was unclean. And he had to go through the rite of purification to be cleansed in the sight of God. And renew his vow of separation. That's why he didn't tell mom and dad. Because they would have been rendered unclean as well And the Bible tells us Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord And if you turn over to that Famous passage of scripture there In 2 Corinthians chapter 6 And remember what we read there In verses 14 right through to 17 And this is all about A life of separation of a believer Unto the Lord 2nd Corinthians 6 It says in verse 14 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers For what fellowship of righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion have light with darkness and what concord of Christ with Belial or what part of he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement have the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Listen to verse 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Five areas in particular where the people of God are to be separated unto the Lord. They're not to defile themselves, they're not to put themselves in a place of danger. That applies to personal separation from the world and the things of the world. Ecclesiastical separation, that's why we have a free Presbyterian church. Separated from the ecumenical camp of apostasy and the charismatic confusion of our day. And doctrinal separation. Know what we believe and why we believe it. And God says, and I'll receive you. See, Christ is outside the unclean camp. And he's calling his people to a life of separation unto the Lord. Here's the determination of Samson. He forgot about the time. A year had passed and he was out of fellowship with the Lord. He forgot about the transgression. I'm transgressing God's law. And he forgot about temptation. I'm putting myself in the place of danger. Let me share something else here. The decision of Samson. It says here in the text, and he turned he returned to take her And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion And behold there was a swarm of bees and honey In the carcass of the lion And he took thereof off in his hands And went on eating And came to his father and mother And he gave them And they did eat See here's the decision of Samson Samson was not in ignorance And when he took handfuls of honey He was adding to his rebellion He was adding to his disobedience he was adding to the brokenness of his vow. He was violating the law of God once again. And he was rendering himself even more unclean before the Lord. When he gets the honey in his hands, young people, he is at the risk of being stung. A swarm of bees, not just one or two, but Many. And to get the honey, he has to go through the swarm. But listen to me, Samson is prepared to take the risk so that he can enjoy enjoy the sweetness of the unclean. Even though it was fleeting pleasure, there was sweetness in a thing that was unclean. And Samson wanted it. And you know, young people, there's many men and women and young people today who name the name of Christ. And they're prepared to take the risk even though they're backslidden and out of the will of God for some time. And they're prepared to transgress God's law. That they're prepared to forget about the danger and the deliverances of God in the past. All to risk getting their hands in something that's unclean. And even though it might be a thing of sweetness, it's still an unclean thing. Sweetness in the thing that's unclean. A handful of worldly honey. Remember David? He didn't go forth to war. He tarried at home. And what did he do? He ended up having adultery with Bathsheba. He covered it up with lies. He tried to get her husband drunk with alcohol. And then eventually he had his hand in the plot of the, the murder of Uriah the Hittite. Days passed. In fact, again, almost a year 11 months Nathan came and told him a story, a parable A man had a hundred sheep And a wealthy landowner And his neighbour had one pet lamb And this wealthy landowner had a visitor And he wanted to prepare him a meal So he sent his servants to take the one pet lamb Out of the hand of the poor man To kill it, to put it on the table and David was wroth. And David said, the man that done this, he's going to die. And then Nathan said to him, David, thou art the man. You see, the bees had come home to sting David. And Nathan told him, the sword will not depart from your house forever. Think about the death of Absalom. Think about the death of Amnon. You see, I read recently about certain police officers, and police officers are a very responsible job. But they decided that they would not only act as police officers, but they would take up the role of drug dealing. They were caught. They've gone through the courts. They've lost their job, their reputation. They've lost their pension. You see, prepared to take the risk. Because of greed and lust. And in any area it's not worth it. And how many young people are risking their health with drugs. And risking their health with drink. And they'll think it'll be okay. It'll not harm me in any way. And one day or two might pass. But one day you will feel the sting and strength of the beast. Because the Bible says be sure your sin will find you out. And how many, because of a bad and foolish decision, a decision not in ignorance, a, a, a decision because of their sweetness in an unclean thing, have lost the very presence and power of God, and grieved the Spirit of God, and lost the joy of God's salvation, and have remained outside the place of communion and fellowship with the Lord, and marred their testimony Young people, don't embrace the unclean. We're not called to uncleanness. The Bible says there in 1 Thessalonians 4, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And again in Colossians 2 and 21, we read, touch not, taste not, handle not. We could talk about his silence in that decision. He ate, he gave to his father and mother, but he didn't tell them. Why did he not tell them? They wouldn't have approved They knew the law of God They knew the standard that God had set And yet many young people and children in particular Don't tell parents things that they do Not only in their teenage But even in their adult life Why? Because they know they wouldn't approve They know they'd be upset And here's Samson engaging in this Defiling unclean act But then he involved others In his family He affected them He dragged them into his level And how many drag others to their level by their company, by their conversation, by their corruption. The Bible says withdraw from those who walk disorderly. Samson was walking disorderly. He was not acting in love and in charity to his family. He concealed what he was doing. There's the decision. And notice lastly, and our time is gone, the discovery of Samson you see, the wonderful thing is this, that even in the Nazarite vow, God had provided a way to escape. If you look at this last reference, Numbers chapter, uh, um, Numbers chapter, 11, sorry, Numbers chapter 6, and look with me at verse 12 as we finish. Numbers 6 and verse 12. And shall consecrate unto the Lord the days of a separation, and shall bring a lamb of the first year for a trespass offering, but the days that were before shall be lost because a separation was defiled. And this is the law of the Nazarite when the days of a separation are fulfilled. Do you notice that? The days will be lost, days of defilement and uncleanness. But if you realize your sin and you repent of that, then you return to me and bring a lamb for a trespass offering. The lamb's the remedy glory to God. And what does the Bible say? Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Samson's a backslider out of fellowship with a year and more for the Lord. And he needed to be cleansed. And how could he be cleansed? It involved a sacrifice of a lamb. It involved the shedding of the blood. And remember the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. And if you're unconverted... You've never been saved. You don't know the Lord. You're not trusting in him as Lord and Savior. Then the only way for you to be saved is through the reception of Christ as Lord and Redeemer. Through Calvary's lamb and the blood shed. But it also applies to the backslider in the place of uncleanness. Where he's wanting sweetness out of the things that are unclean. And he's called upon to recognize his sin Repent of it and in the ground of the blood approach the Lord and cry out for cleansing And he's promised a fresh start The days are lost, the days of defilement and uncleanness can't be restored But you'll get a fresh start, you'll start afresh again A new life with a fresh start Walking in fellowship and communion with the Lord With the sin dealt with The sin put in the sea called forgetfulness Remember God says this And your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Imagine going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I've sinned. Here's how. Lord, cleanse me in the blood of the lamb. And what does God do? He makes a promise. And your sins and iniquities i remember no more. You see, that's what the Lord does in the gospel. That's what he does through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's God's lamb. But this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down. On the right hand of god and that's the greatest discovery that you could make and that discovery was revealed to samson it was only at the end of his life that he remembered the blood sacrifice and he looked to the lord in his dying moments don't leave it too late return now and be restored the lord bless you this morning i pray these life lessons will be applicable to all who have heard them,